Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Velvet Room Review. I'm Matthew. And I'm Graham. And uh, today we'll be discussing two games. Well, it's a two-for-one two uh, episode yeah. today. two-for-one um, deal. Yeah, we do these every once in a while to kind of uh, discuss some games that we've been playing separately that we really want to talk about, but uh, the other person hasn't played or hasn't been playing recently. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Graham, I'm really interested to hear about your game they'd be talking about because I know nothing about it at all. Yeah. And I'm ready to learn. So why don't you go ahead? Yeah. So the game that I've been playing recently is Monster Hunter Rise on the Switch, um, which was a game that I bought after several other friends bought and encouraged me to get it. <laughs> um, and it's it's pretty different from what I was expecting. Um I kind of, like, from the outside looking in, I thought Monster Hunter was, like, this hardcore action game about, like, you have to plan for the hunts and you have, like, Witcher 3 kind of, you have to Mm. read up on the monsters and um, it's this hardcore community. Um, But it's actually this, like, surprisingly fairly accessible action game, almost kind of, almost kind of, might get uh, some flack for this but smash bros like um whoa whoa interesting but um in the sense that i've had a lot of fun with it just kind of going in and doing hunts for you know 15 minutes it's a very casual game actually at least the way that i've been playing it i thought that it was one of those games where like you haven't you haven't experienced monster hunter until you put 100 hours into it but um, right. it's it's a game that allows for a lot of depth. Um, there's there's certainly a lot of systems that are not explained at all, or like very okay. briefly. It, it does this weird thing where it talks too much and too little at the same time. Um, <laughs> where like it front loads you with all of this information about like. The controls and the um like what you need to do and all and like all these like all these systems and then there's but there's like 75 percent of the systems that you don't even know about um or like it offers you 12 or 14 different types of weapons you can use but there's no tutorials on how to use the weapons um there's a real basic, like, this is what the weapon does, sheet that you can pull up in the glossary. And the training room, which is good, but it doesn't even tell you all the moves you can do with the weapons. Okay. Um, so it's it's this weird, super weird mix of fairly accessible gameplay that you don't have to think too much about, but it's still, like, fun and engaging, but there's this like iceberg of additional stuff that you could get into if you wanted to. So, yeah, it's. So uh, is this game? Yeah, is it all related to the previous Monster Hunter that came out? That I want to say Monster Hunter Iceborne. Yeah, so Monster Hunter Iceborne was the expansion for Monster Hunter World. World. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, I did a little bit of research on the Monster Hunter series. I was really 
the 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 games have changed a lot and a little uh, over the years. Um, <laughs> okay. Like the core kind of idea of you have weapon, go hunt monsters is pretty much established from the very beginning. Um, and a lot of the weapons too, like there have been, I think four different generations of monster hunter game, four or five. And pretty much the weapons stay consistent throughout them. Um, it It's kind of funny because I, I was watching videos and they're like, oh yeah, in this game they introduced that you could do this with the weapon. And I'm thinking like, that's a, that's a super basic, like that's a super fundamental aspect of this weapon. How did it get introduced that late? But it's like they keep very slow, like not slowly, they actually release them pretty quickly but iterating, constant iteration on the games. Um, hmm. There was, so like the first Monster Hunter came out in 2003 uh, for the PlayStation 2, uh, I think. Um, and then there have been like a different, there's been like a timeline of the two teams that have been working on the series of, there's like a portable team that I've done the portable games, and then there's a console team. And what seems to happen is like the console team comes in and they do the big changes, and then the portable team comes in and does like a refined version that ends up selling more. Um, and Monster Hunter World... Portable through what means? Uh, PSP was the big one. Um, oh, interesting. And then it also came out on the 3DS. Um... I can't remember if Rise was made by the portable team or the home console team. Uh, I want to say it was the home console team. But yeah, so the PSP was a big one. And then I don't, I think there was one for the Vita. I can't remember. And then the 3DS. Um, There were a couple that came out on the 3DS. Uh, I actually tried to play the ones on the 3DS and I bounced off them so hard. Uh, because Monster Hunter always has a demo, and they're always terrible. Mm. Um, like very, very bad demos. Because the onboarding process in Monster Hunter is terrible. Once you're in, it's fine. Um, yeah, I'm rambling a little bit, but um, yeah, it's um, the games haven't. They've changed in small increments but yeah like i said the core concepts pretty much been the same and then this iteration they've really focused on mobility which is one of the reasons i was excited to play it because it always looked kind of clunky in the past um Uh it plays more like an action game than a strategy game now um like you can zip around with these wire bugs that you can like do all these flashy attacks with and you can jump up in the air and slam down and um yeah uh, as for weapons i've been uh, using it, oh go for it i say it's co-op right or is like is do you find co-op to be optional or more like a requirement for most it is um so there's a single player mode uh where you can play through a bunch of a uh, bunch of hunts in like just by yourself and the monsters are 
balanced for one person. Um, mm-hmm. But the kind of meat of the game is in the multiplayer. There's mm. a hub area that you can... There's basically like an additional tier of quests that unlocks that are multiplayer exclusive. Uh, where you can hunt the same monsters, but they're more powerful and they've got new attacks, I think. Um, and they hit harder and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and you can craft more gear. The core kind of core loop is you go out, you fight a monster, you kill or capture it, uh, and then go back to your base and maybe forge a new weapon or forge some new armor from the parts that you gather. Um, and when you're on the hunt, you can also like mine for ore at the different deposits and you can gather materials to use to craft like traps or um, ammo for certain kinds of weapons. Um, so there's kind of this hunting, gathering, crafting loop. Um, but multiplayer is pretty essential, I'd say. Like, it would be pretty difficult to do some of the hunts in single player. It would take a lot longer. Um, and so, is there, like, a, um, an overarching, like, storyline? Or is it more just, like, raids, have fun with your friends type uh, setup? There is a story, but it's pretty minimal. It's, okay. uh, like, the idea that there's this rampage going on of every so often a whole ton of monsters swarm the village um and you're trying to find the reason for it but it's not it's really just you do five hunts and then you get a cutscene and then you do five hunts and then you get another small cutscene and then you do that two more times and then the game's over um (laughs) the the single player is pretty minimal um Mm. so I've heard and that so, world has more of a story, but yeah, mm, that makes sense. I assume I assume world is a more. Well, my assumption is rise is like a scaled down version of world, but perhaps that's incorrect. It isn't. It isn't. So world was the like the big next gen version of it, essentially. Right. Um, yeah. Of like super detailed environmental art. The the monsters were like immaculately designed like this ps4 game kind of um well this was a ps4 game and Mm -hmm. um it actually sold really really well over like in uh overseas as in like here Um, the west yeah yeah the west sold like 15 million copies or something um but it it was kind of the the big budget monster hunter rise feels more like the portable games i'd say Mm. it's a lot more drop in drop out uh it's super easy to join a hunt um you literally go up to the board you say i want to do this hunt with other people and they're like okay we found a hunt from you okay go ahead it's it's seamless like it's um you can play with friends you can create a lobby i've done that uh for a few things but if you just want to play with random people it's super easy you you choose the the hunt that you want to go on like i want to fight a nargakuga and they're like okay yeah nargakuga or uh, (laughs) 
No, Anarchicuga is this big, like, cat with a spiky tail kind of thing, like okay. a jaguar. Um, there's a toad. There's a giant, uh, fleshy, pale creature. Um, there's, like, a this, like, gorilla tiger thing um, that shoots laser beams. There's a dragon. There's all sorts of stuff. Um, the monsters are pretty varied. Um, mm. there, there's a bunch of them this time that are based off of, like, Japanese folklore. So there's, um, I think it's an Aknasom that looks like, uh, do you know what yokai are? Like, uh, isn't there a children's show called Yokai No Watch or Yokai something or other? Yeah, Yokai Watch is, um, yokai Watch. it's like Japanese folklore creatures are called yokai. Um, oh, okay. So okay. like the umbrella that hops around on one foot or, um, like an ogre or oni, like that kind of, uh, so there's a bunch of them that are based off of that kind of uh, folklore. So um, there's one that's based off, I think it's based off of like a a woman in a lake that tries to drown you. Um, yeah, there's a, the creature designs are pretty creative and cool. Um, yeah. Um, but this game definitely, like in terms of like the fidelity it feels more in line with the portable games. It's it's not, the environments aren't as lush, I'd say. Like, they're not as... Right. Um, it's running on the Switch. Um, so it's not as, like, fancy. But it's it's very much kind of the, the heart of the series is this kind of, not bare bones, but this um, what you see is what you get. Right. Um, like you see the monster and you've got this kind of cool environment to navigate to the monster and then once you're there you beat up the monster and uh, everything's very clear and easy to see um, it does have a pretty good like art style it's not like a PS2 graphics or anything right um, but it is you know, it's, um, there's not, like, crazy grass everywhere kind of thing. Or, like, vine, like, it feels classic in a good way. Like, you see some vines on the wall that you can climb, and you're like, this is, this is a flat texture that I can climb on, right. but I'm okay with it. Because right. this is the kind of the feel, it's got an almost arcade feel to it. So... Yeah. Um, Just looking up some images to kind of get a sense of what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I can... I can see... Yeah, it's, like, very, like, um... Like, the monsters and the characters are pretty detailed. It's just, the like, the environments are, like, more... I don't want to say plain, but, like... Well, it looks actually really good. I'm, I'm looking at a, a guy in, like, a snowsuit shooting a minigun at a dragon. Yeah, that, that's a thing that can happen. A, and there's a cat in a dress. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So you've got outfit maybe? you've got two little uh, helpers. 
you've got a cat that's called a palico. Um, mm-hmm. There's some good puns. Um, and then there's a palmute, which is a dog that you can ride on. Um, and you can dress them up. You can dress yourself up. There's a lot of fashion choices you can make. Um, I have my cat dressed up in like a little Halloween pumpkin outfit. And it's quite adorable. Um, and I've got my dog dressed up in this like bony, like scary looking gear. Because I like basically when you make you make weapons and armor from the remains of the monsters that you hunt um, right from your spoils. And so they have kind of the characteristics and the kind of appearances of the monsters. So that snowsuit probably was from like a a Lambicomi, Lamborghini, um, like a giant snow bunny. A la- a, did you say a Lamborghini? Yeah, I don't think that's it. It's like a Lambicomi or something. <laughs> um, and then if you if you like, you make the armor, and then after you make the armor, you get scraps, and you can use those scraps to make armor for your your buddies. Um, so you could have, you could have yourself in the snowsuit and then your, your buddy could have this adorable little snow outfit, like with furs and stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of kind of freedom of expression, um, mm. especially cause there's like all the different weapons and varieties of how you play that way. Um, and then the weapons and the armor that you can have and eventually apparently you unlock the ability to wear like separate the stats of the armor from what you're like you can put layered armor essentially like you can look like you're wearing something else so that way you can play your fashion game and and still have good stats um yeah Uh, there's a there's a crazy amount of depth for Kind of a pretty straightforward loop. Right. Huh. And so, um, how do you find, like, the monster variety? Because what I'm, like, I'm looking through, like, my general knowledge of Monster Hunter is, like, you're just constantly doing, like, boss battles? Is that a correct kind of, like, comparison or framework of the game? Yeah, it's, um, it is kind of, like, just boss battles. Um... There's a lot of variety in the monsters, like, they all have very different patterns of how they attack. So, mm-hmm. like, um, the, there's a bear creature, I can't remember what it's called now, but it'll, it'll, like, lunge forward to try to grab you, and it'll swipe it at you with your, its claws when it's on its hind legs, and it'll kind of do, a, like, a slam attack, um... And so you kind of have to adjust how you play to to deal with that. And then there's a different creature that likes to scream at you um, and likes to electrify itself. So it's constantly stunning you and it's constantly like when it screams, you kind of have to stop and hold your ears like it, it stops you from being able to move. So it's this if you're not prepared, if you don't bring the right skills and stuff you could have a bit of a bad time because you're just constantly being stunned and 
um, electrocuted. Um, so, but in terms of feeling like constant boss fights, like I was kind of worried about that. Because uh, I was like, I don't really want to be on edge for like 20 minutes for right. like a, a long boss fight. And then, you know, if you if you die at the end, then you've wasted 20 minutes kind of thing. Uh, it's not that mm-hmm. bad. Um, one of the big things is that because if you're in single player, you've got two buddies. And if you're in multiplayer, you've got, you know, seven, six, like it's four players. So you've got three other people and their one buddy each right that will essentially like draw the aggro away from you um, right so if you need to move away to drink a potion or just take a breather it's not the end of the world you're not gonna um you're not gonna lose you're not gonna not have a break um the timer is also pretty generous uh, they give you a 50 minute time limit for quests and the longest quest I've ever been on was well on average they're between like 10 to 20 minutes uh, I had one terrible encounter that lasted about 30 minutes and we lost at the end because two of the people went AFK um, mm. and just got bodied by the monster um, but um yeah, for the most part, it's not as high stress as a boss battle. Oh, and then there's like right. almost there's like little breaks f- sprinkled throughout the battle because the monster will travel to other regions once it's taken so Where much damage. Like run away type thing? Exactly. So you've got a minute to take a breather, to sharpen your weapon, to maybe pick up another healing item, uh, catch your breath, that kind of thing. So, um, so, yeah. It, I mean, obviously, there's the, the battling aspect. Is there much to like the hunting aspect as well? Like, do you have to actually like use resources or tactics to find the monster? I think that was more of a mechanic in World. Like, I know that there was okay mechanics like that in World. This is just they're on the mini map. <laughs> it's just you, you see the gotcha. monster. You you can they can make a beeline right for them and smack them. And start the battle. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of hunting. There, There is kind of a, like a pre-battle phase almost of you're traveling to the monster and there's a whole bunch of resources scattered around the map. Um, there's right. these little birds that you can pick up uh, that will give you uh, extra stamina or extra attack permanent buffs for the rest of the battle. Um, you can pick up these animals, these hunting helpers that, uh, can do some cool effects like inflict poison on an enemy, like a guaranteed poison, or can, um, lure monsters from other areas into this one so that they'll fight for you. Um, and there's some pretty cool, like, battles between the monsters that you can do. Um... So if you take a little bit of time to prepare, it can make your life a little easier. Hmm. Uh, I suppose that's kind of the gathering aspect of it, or the hunting aspect. Uh, And then there's also like preparing for the hunt of... You go into it the first time completely blind. uh, But like after you fought 
a monster once you get to learn you get to see what it's resistant to what it's weak to uh you get a few tips on how to deal with it uh you get to see uh, resistances and weaknesses so if you know you're going to fight uh, a kezu that's got the like the screaming and the electricity you can equip um some armor that gives you earplugs uh which is an actual skill uh that will let you um basically negate the effects of the screaming um so there's i'd say that's kind of the the gathering hunting aspect of it hmm um see it all sounds so interesting but i don't know if monster hunter is my kind of game <laughs> that's yeah. I, like my brother-in-law plays um iceborne and i feel like he's mm-hmm. just been playing it all the time for like two years now <laughs> yeah and still it's... enjoying it which is incredible value it's just a lot of time <laughs> yes that is one thing like it's a forever game um yeah i'm i think the switch says 40 hours i think i'm closer to 30 um okay but i'm not all the way through like the content in the game there's still a ton and i've only used Mm -hmm. like three weapons out of the 12 possible uh 14 possible weapons and then if you wanted to get like there's a there's a there's a mechanic where you can craft uh, like a randomized sets of gear. Like you, so you can try for a specific, um, you can try to get lucky and try to get a, a, a piece of gear that has the stats that you want. Um, on top of like every armor, every piece of armor has different stats uh, and not just like different stats, but different skills that it brings to the table. So, like, if you wanted to double down on fire damage, you could make, like, an amalgamation creature of, like, a bunch of different armor pieces to boost your fire damage through the roof. Um, so, I was watching a YouTuber, and he was talking about, yeah, I put, like, 100 hours into this game. It came out in, like, March. Um, although, I can't guess I can't talk because I put, like, 40 hours into it. But um, it is it is like a forever game. Uh, you could play it every day for like an hour for the rest of your life. Um, and like the, the weapons are so, so different from each other. Like the hunting horn is a completely different beast from the dual blades which is completely different from the bow gun, which is different from the bow. Like it's, um, and every single one of the weapons, as far as I can tell is viable. Um, Mm -hmm. you can, you can hunt a monster with just a bow. You can, you can like, some weapons are better for different kinds of things, but, and they all have different play styles they support and you can customize the weapons and it's, you can customize what skills you can use with the weapons. It's honestly a little ridiculous um, how much like depth there is to this 
monster engine game. Yeah. I like the idea, like, like you mentioned, like it's really easy just to pop in and play. Yes. Like a 15 or 20 minute hunt. Like I like, I really like your comparison to smash brothers of like smash brothers is a forever game. Like you could literally play it forever, but it's also a game that you could like not play for months at a time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and then come back and like still have the same amount of fun, uh, you know, with, with your friends playing that. Yeah. Like I've realized I don't have to be good at monster hunter to be decent at monster hunter. <laughs> like I don't need to know all the combos. Like I, I play the great sword, which the combos in the great sword are charge up an attack and hit them really hard. Um, it's, it's pretty straightforward of a weapon to play. You, you, you run in, you hit them and then you run away. Um, or if they're like weak, then you can charge up this super heavy move to hit them with. And it feels really satisfying when you land it. But I'm, I've been playing for, you know, 10 hours with the great sword, 10, 20 hours. And I feel like I'm better at it, but I don't feel like I need to improve at it in order to play the game, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I'm content with the current skill level I'm at, but if I wanted to, I know I probably could have fun trying something new and, like, tweaking this and tweaking that. But at its, like, where I'm at right now, I'm just kind of having fun with the game. I pop it in and, right. you know, play a mission and then call it. So. Cool. Yeah. So, um, would you recommend Monster Hunter Graham? Monster Hunter Rise? Um, I would. It's, <laughs> there is a learning curve. Um, don't, it's, the demo is hard to play. Like, the game is not, has a weird control scheme, to be perfectly honest. Um, okay. And it takes a little getting used to. But once you get over that, like, an initial hurdle, like, a, a few hours into the game, and you've found a weapon that you enjoy, that fits your play style, and you've kind of gotten used to the rhythm of a hunt, it's it's really quite satisfying. So um, maybe try World if you're hesitant, because that'll go on sale. Uh, right. I'm actually waiting for it to go on sale so I can play it with some friends online. Um but uh, as it is right now, Rise is pretty good. Um, I'd probably, I'd recommend it to, if you're willing to put in just a little bit to get something out of it. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, that's uh Well, Graham, it's, yeah. I think, I think that might be the most, like, um, recent game release that we've ever discussed like that's man like that's month, like almost two months ago yeah yeah march i Hot think off the presses yeah. wow we're we're so up to date we're so uh and hip and cool with the times yeah and i've also been playing a a, re a really relevant game today all right or, all right you know, like in these days uh i'm of course playing the newly released um elder scrolls 5 skyrim yes yes because uh, that game just uh just came out 10 years ago, right? 
Yeah, just about uh, under, just under 10 years ago. So pretty recent. Um, hmm. You know, it's not a very big game. Not a lot of people have heard of it. Yeah, um, pretty niche. It's old all right, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I have a somewhat complicated relationship with Skyrim. Okay. Because I, I was actually at <laughs> the midnight launch uh, for Skyrim. Ooh. Um, unplanned. <laughs> I was coming home from work. And, like, the train uh, where I would switch from the train to the bus was right at the mall. And I saw a big lineup. I'm like, oh, yeah, Skyrim's coming out tonight. So it was, like, after midnight, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I, just, I walked over and I picked up a copy on release night. Um, oh, that's funny. And then I missed the last bus. Oh, no. Oh, so no. I had to call for help at, like, 1 in the morning. <laughs> Um, but I got home and then I started Skyrim on the Xbox 360 mm-hmm. and I never finished it. And then I, like th- two years later, I bought it on Steam sale and I started it again and then I never finished it. Uh, and then, oh, maybe two years ago, I bought it on PS4, started it and then never finished it. But I'm happy to say, Graham, after nine, almost 10 years, I just beat Skyrim this week. Oh, congrats. I honestly think that not a many, not too many people have actually beaten it. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Um, It's interesting because like the main story of Skyrim itself could probably done an under 10 hours. Maybe. Oh, really? It's pretty. uh, When I say the main story, I mean like, start the game to defeat Alduin, which is like the main dragon, right? Have you beaten Skyrim, Graham? Like, have you played a lot of it? Or I'm not sure of your familiarity. I watched like 80% of the 100% Skyrim Let's Play. So I'm wow, fairly familiar with it. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. it was like a two-year um, project for the guy. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, so like the, the, the required quest to like start the game and defeat Alduin are very minimal in nature. Um, Skyrim's an oddity in that it almost has like two main plots okay. that run not together, but not fully separately either. You know, the one is the dragons returning to Skyrim, and then the other is the civil war in Skyrim. So um, these uh, they do sometimes intermingle. I think there's like a crossover point between the two where like the quests kind of come together and then split off again. If I'm remembering correctly, I, th- I played that portion a long time ago. Um, but um, yeah, so I think you could probably beat the game, say, in 10 hours. But to me, like the beauty of Skyrim that I'm really, really latching onto is just the... Um, not even just like the unique side quests, but just like the unique encounters or dungeons that aren't even quest related at all. That just sometimes you happen upon. Mm-hmm. Um, like most recently, I was built. Uh, I was building a house in Skyrim because that was part of the DLC. Um, like you could buy a plot of land and build a home. Uh, and I needed lumber to build some portion of my house, and I said, "Well, where do I get lumber?" And I remember that right next to my house, there's this little place called like Pine Watch. So I thought, oh, maybe he sells lumber. And um, 
I pop over there and it's like middle of the day and the store is locked. I'm like, why is it locked? I'll just pick my way in here. I walk inside. There's a bandit in there. So I kill the bandit. Then I realize, oh, this is like a front for like a bandit, a ring of bandits oh. right outside my house. And they're like holding people up for money. And so I find a secret door that leads to like a whole cave system. And um, inside there's like this, uh, the bandit leader is kind of like going a little power hungry and paranoid. And she's got like this torrid relationship with her father who's trying to like get her on the right track. And like the other bandits are like, man, this chick is crazy. Like we got to just take her treasure and run and go like get on a pirate ship somewhere and get away from this girl. (laughs) And like, none of this is quest related at all. Like it was not like a side quest main quest. Like it had nothing to do with anything. It was just something I happened across and it was like very like entertaining. Like, Oh my goodness, this is just here. And there are like, I feel like dozens of examples of that um, riddled throughout Skyrim. Um, you know, they obviously have like the uh, like the other side quest uh, chains, like the Brotherhood, uh, the College of Winterhold? I want to say Winterfell, but that's not it. Winterhold, yeah. Uh, the Companions quest line, all the vampire stuff, like lots of really well written like quest lines that are enjoyable. But just also also a lot of like these small moments that really make the game uh, kind of magical and feel like like the, the amount of detail just put into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing though I've noticed that I don't like with Skyrim <laughs> is um, like so obviously you defeat Alduin, you did it, you save Skyrim, all the dragons now are like some some worship you, some are still like going off doing their own thing. But nobody reacts. Like Really? Um yeah, nobody reacts. Like they'll react in passing. So like um some random person on the street will be like, Oh, you saved Skyrim, like maker bless you or whatever it is. Um but like for example, the Jarl of um uh Whiterun who is like a, a major character throughout the game. He's the first Yarl you meet. He's very much involved in the dragon plot line. Like you use uh, the hold on Whiterun to capture a dragon to get to Alduin. Um, like he's very, very involved. But like, so after I killed Alduin, I was like, okay, I'll go talk to the Yarl and like see what his response is to this danger being over. And they don't know what happened. They don't mention it. There's no like, option to say hey i defeated alduin hmm so it was very like and i feel like that happens a lot like the like that depth in regards to like the 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 dialogue choices that you have is kind of lacking that there's no like um recognition for what the player's doing with other characters that are involved in the story kind of like self-contained yeah, yeah. It, it's like it's like you defeating Alduin is just like, yeah, like you said, self-contained, outside of the uh, happenings of the Jarl of Whiterun. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, it's interesting. Like, I guess the the thing, the moments that stick with you are like those emergent moments of, like that bandit cave. Yeah. 
So yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah. Um, and all the things like, um, that you can get lost in, right? Like, yeah, Halloween's the main story. The Civil War is the main story, but just the amount of like dungeons or, uh, or like uh, enemy encampments that you can come across and like take over or explore and find like little little character pieces like that and are really what make the game shine to me. Yeah, I've I've heard that like the exploration aspect. That seems to be the thing that people really like is the uh, the exploration sense. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's comp- compounded by like the freedom as well. Like obviously in Skyrim from the get-go you're free to go everywhere, you know? Um uh but as well like you're 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 free to level up and learn whatever skills you want so like you could start the game going like oh i really want to be like a two-handed uh brawler if you will like with two weapons but halfway through the game you could be like well i want to get proficient in archery and then just kind of switch your play style and it will take some work to get like get your skills up to to snuff but you can devote your time to getting better at archery and i really really like the leveling system which is like 14 or 15 different attributes that you individually level up in that collectively add to your overall level. Mm -hmm. And so um, I like that as well because there are combat related uh, perks, like, like I said, archery or stealth. And then there are non-combat related perks like speech or lock picking um, or like enchanting a lot of different things that you can like sink your time into and improve um based on how you want to play the game mm-hmm. a lot of freedom of expression that's yeah, cool absolutely yeah yeah and again even like uh i don't i don't know that anything is really locked behind uh like your progression i would assume i haven't like played the entire game i, I haven't done 100 whatever i would assume like there are some locations you can't access till you're further further along in the story, but uh, those that are are very minimal. Like, pretty much from the get go, uh, you're free to go wherever you please and start any quest uh, that you please. Um, I'm gonna say something I don't know to be accurate. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everything this scales with your level. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure you're right. I don't think it's like uh, like New Vegas or something where you can you can run into a death claw if you go the wrong direction. Um, yeah, I think I think that the enemies because like isn't it you can change the difficulty of the world and it'll change like the drops and stuff. Like okay, if, um, uh, let's see what Reddit has to say here. Yeah, you can uh, change the difficulty. Um, yeah, so I think enemy enemy level is based off of your overall player level. So like uh, the higher your player level, the higher enemy levels uh, are going to be. Mm-hmm. And then difficulty changes like the damage that enemies do uh, and how much damage you do. Mm-hmm. So it's like a relative. So it's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah no, I really like neat. that system. It's a uh, um, adaptive difficulty is really interesting. Like, cause it difficulty is one of those, those weird things that 
I've been thinking a lot about lately with leveling systems and that. How you, the enemies level up and you level up so that you can essentially keep having the exact same experience. Hmm. Um, but with bigger damage numbers. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think... Yeah. Go ahead, Grim, go ahead. Well, there's a little bit of that in Monster Hunter of you go up to the next rank and the enemies hit harder and I'm like, oh, I need to get better armor so that they don't hit as hard. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, likewise with the damage numbers, when you, you upgrade your sword, yeah, now you can... I think there's... um. When you've leveled up more, there's uh, there's a certain breadth of options that you get that you don't have mm -hmm. at a lower level in a lot of games. Right. Uh, Monster right. Hunter, and like what, like you were saying with Skyrim, you've, you've got all these different, like you could be really high-leveled in two-handed swords, and you could also be, like, if you're fighting an enemy at the very beginning of the game, you 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 don't have very many skills. So the combat is mm -hmm. going to be X. But once you've leveled up and you're progressing through the game and you fight the exact same enemy, you now have a lot more options at your disposal to mm -hmm. dispose with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's like, it's like you said, like it, difficulty, especially in a game like Skyrim, which is the player is free to do what they wish. It's very, uh, I think it's very difficult to get right. Um, mm -hmm. I think that like, I, like I'm thinking about the comparisons, right? Like uh, Breath of the Wild has um, enemies that are much higher level than you, but they convey that in a meaningful and visual manner so that you know, even before getting into the encounter, that you probably shouldn't be here. Yes. Which is like, in my opinion, probably the perfect way to do it. Uh, where, whereas other games, let's I'm going to circle back to Dragon Age Origins. Uh, it's open world. You can go where you want, whatever quests that you want. But um, the developers also put in encounters um, that are very difficult for certain quest lines to discourage players from doing that. Mm -hmm. quest first which makes no sense because that defeats the purpose of it making it an open world game you might as well not allow people to go there right yeah um, so there are def definitely like different ways to get around it um and i think um i think skyrim does it for the most part okay there are still enemies that are way difficult when you first start any like giants uh, or trolls, mm -hmm. um, bears, or like the mammoths, um, like those large, like you said, death claw enemies that you know I, I shouldn't go over there right now, um, as well. So, I will I will say like there are points where like the difficulty just spikes, like this enemy is like super hard and they kill me really quick, and that could be a little frustrating when it's like you know you're fighting through a dungeon and it's like no problem and then it's just one guy. Or like one beef beefed up enemy that like takes you down real quick, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. So um, yeah, one thing I've really enjoyed uh, is the house building, and like I had this obsession with Elder Scrolls games where I just collect a lot on the books. <laughs> 
because there are a lot of them in the game. Yeah. And I hoard them all up, and I, I brought them to my house, and I've started a library collection. Oh, so. nice. Can you, like, put them on the shelves or something? Yeah. Yeah, you can put them on the shelves. I've got, like, all the little, like, because you get, like, little notes. Sometimes you pick up, like, a, a ransom note yeah. or, like, a quest map, and I've got them all in my little chest next to my bookshelf. <laughs> like That's little, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and there's just so much content in it. It's It's actually pretty incredible. Considering the game is 10 years old, how much content there really is um and um mm-hmm. uh it's 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 a really good game and i it's funny like obviously knowing like aspects of these of this game skyrim goes on to like um influence like breath of the wild like drawing those connections now like after playing breath of the wild twice and going back and playing skyrim like you can kind of see um, or f- even feel like the similarities between the two in mm-hmm. regards to like what inspired uh, the the other. So um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Elder Scrolls Six um, comes along. I know it's a very far away away uh, ways away at this point, but because um, I think I think Bethesda has had some rocky times. <laughs> uh, quality wise since skyrim um i i they came out with fallout so, 4 and they came out with fallout 67 76 76 um, yeah yeah it, have they came out with other games as well was that the outer worlds that was bethesda no that was no, the that new bethesda. vegas team that was uh, obsidian obsidian yeah yeah, because yeah. uh, another company, not Bethesda, I think it was Zenimax, did Elder Scrolls Online. Um, Bethesda did do uh, Blades, which we reviewed on the podcast. Uh, uh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, right now they're pouring uh, a lot of the resources into a new IP uh, called Starfield. Okay. Um, and so that and so they said, they've announced Elder Scrolls 6, of course, but... They've also said, listen, don't even ask about Elder Scrolls 6 until Starfield is out. <laughs> and Starfield currently has no release date. So I think it's going to be uh, probably another five years before we see Elder Scrolls 6. That's wild. I Which, guess, like, you, know, you, you think that, um, no, sorry. Uh, you, you think that um, they had such a big hit with Skyrim that they wouldn't immediately follow it up, but I guess they took the, took the time. Well, I guess they did, they did a bunch of DLC and re-releases and stuff, but to think that they would take that long. Um, yeah, I, 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 I mean, uh, Bethesda has IPs that sell, right? So I think they knew like, okay, post Skyrim, like, okay, follow is the next one and it's going to sell well. Right. Um, and like you said, they've done the re-releases and the DLC and things of that nature. Um, I I think I wonder if it's also like an aspect of like tech the technology in the 2000s expanded so much, right? Compare like um, Morrowind to Skyrim, mm-hmm. and then compare like Skyrim <laughs> to 
uh, let's even say Fallout 76, right? I would argue there's a giant leap between Morrowind and Skyrim, and not as giant of a leap as, uh, you know, Skyrim to 76. Not that I played 76, but um, I think that allows games to have a longevity. Um, I mean, look at GTA. Look at um, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is a great example. Um, I mean, I'm thinking even like, look at the time between Red Dead and Red Dead 2, right? And yeah. there were large technical leaps there, but Red Dead 1 was very technically sound as well. It like stood on its feet for a while. I mean, GTA 5 has been out for eight years now. Yeah, and it's still getting it's updates. And, and it's still getting updates, right? Um, and I'm like... fine with that, to be, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I think, uh, I mean, Skyrim and GTA are... are a little different beast like skyrim just keeps getting upgraded and, and resold which is fine you know they put out a vr version which is awesome um whereas gta like you said is constantly getting updated and, and improved upon so i think hmm. um gta think essentially like pivoted benefit. from like a single player game to a to a live service yeah. game yeah absolutely absolutely um i just think they i think they're just kind of getting more bang for their buck i mean i um ESO Elder Scrolls Online is uh seven years old. Wow. And is constantly getting updates, like still constantly getting more and more content. Um so I mean that's the, obviously what it was designed to do. But um you know, it'll be interesting to see uh what, what happens with Elder Scrolls Six. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So I, I'm personally pretty excited for Starfield. Um I, I wouldn't call myself like the biggest Bethesda fan in the world. Like I'm not like head over heels in love with Elder Scrolls. Uh, I like Fallout quite a bit, but um, Starfield seems more like my type of setting. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what they do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So on the whole, would you recommend Skyrim? Well, I feel like everybody's played Skyrim. I feel like it's one of those games. You know, I feel yeah. like it's like a Minecraft or a, a <laughs> or a GTA Five. Like everyone's played it. Um, but overall, like I would, you can get it on sale. You can get it, you know, obviously pretty cheap. Uh, honestly, I know it's been upscaled and and re-released, but it still is a very beautiful game. Uh, even even though the Legendary Edition uh, came out five years ago, like it's still incredibly beautiful. It's fun. I think the combat is perfect. Um, so I, I definitely would recommend it. Um, you know, aside from like the minor uh, minor issues I had, like it's still a ton of fun to play. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's also kind of one of those, it, it's lasted a long time. In like the the public's eye, of yeah, people know what Skyrim is. Still, I think. Yeah. Um, I haven't talked to much of the youth uh, today. Yeah, I would agree. So, like, I feel like if you played the Skyrim theme, people would know what that is. Yes, you know people. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. So, we shall see. Well, I wasn't expecting to hit an hour, Graham. But <laughs> gee golly, we did it. Yep. We 
we can talk. And well, it yeah. was neat to yeah. hear. Uh, <laughs> it was neat to hear about like Skyrim because you know it's one of those games that you 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 see a lot, but don't really. I don't know. I don't. I don't look for a lot of Skyrim related discussions. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's fair. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess that's that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in uh, to this episode. Um, we will be back shortly with another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I'm excited to speak about. So, uh, and then, not too long from now, it'll be the summer of Nintendo. Which yes. is crazy. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's coming up fast. Quickly. Yeah, I gotta go um, play a lot of stuff. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah me too uh, Nintendo games yeah. are long <laughs> um, but in the meantime if you have any games that you'd like us to play to try out um, to discuss please do let us know we have some openings in the fall for review games to review episodes uh, that need filling so um, we're always on the lookout for good, good suggestions preferably but bad suggestions if they are at least humorous enough <laughs> Uh, we will consider them. Um, but in the meantime, if you like the show, let your friends know so that the show can grow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And word of mouth is a good way to spread the word. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to share. Mm-hmm. All right. But until next time we must say good night good night